Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to today's episode of the Elite Executive Podcast. And this is a recast. On the 4th of January 2024 here, I was interviewed by my fellow Irishman, Adrian, for the Lifestyle Lifters Show podcast. Now, me and Adrian had a really great conversation. He was an incredible host. And we talked about a lot of things that affect majority of people, whether they're executives or not, in terms of sleep, stress, training, and nutrition. And it was a good synergy between myself and Adrian. We got very similar mindsets around this, and we both have been in the coaching industry for a while. So it was a very good good conversation, and I thought it would be something to break up the guests we've been having recently and this solo content as well. So hopefully you guys enjoyed this. But without further ado, let's get into today's episode of the Elite Executive Podcast, which again is a recast from the Lifestyle Lifter Show podcast. Welcome to the Elite Executive Podcast, your number one resource for all things executive health so you can thrive at the office, at home, and in the gym. It's my mission to educate you on how to sleep better, stress less, and maximize your productivity by taking control of your health. I'm your host, Oren McCurry. Let's start your journey to optimal performance right now. Enjoy the show. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Lifestyle Lifter Show. And today I'm delighted to be joined by Oren McCarry. Oren is an online strength and conditioning health and fitness coach who is initially from County Down, but he's currently living in Perth in Australia. Oren, welcome to the Lifestyle Lifter Show. Mate, thank you so much for having me on. It's an honor. Absolutely. Excited to talk all things, Oren. But before we actually get started, you're someone who's I put out a lot of content, recorded well over 100 podcasts, I'm sure, at this stage. Orn, share something about yourself that most people do not know. Um, uh, well, that's, that's an interesting question. You put me on the back foot, right? You're a good host <laughs> and you can put something in the back foot with the first question. Um, I was actually talking to my coach today. We, like I mentioned, we were in uh, recording some content in a podcast studio, um, just getting some reels together and... You know, I don't really push it out there, but uh, I've got an autoimmune condition, so I've got Hashimoto's. Um, so no idea what's caused it, if it was environmental, if it's genetic. Uh, no family members have it, but basically my thyroid is slowly eating itself. Um, it's attacking itself, it thinks it's a foreign cell in the body. And um, so slowly my thyroid is, it's fine now, but slowly over the next five to 10 years, my thyroid is just going to slowly pack in. Um, it's very common. I think it's 90% uh females normally it affects but it's very common and it's on the rise so um just means i've got a, a slow thyroid and it's just going to keep getting slower over the year so staying lean and, and keeping in good shape is going to continue to get harder as i age <laughs> oh my god man and so in what way would that have a potential impact on you let's just say five ten years from now um so at the minute it's fine i just have i just had the prescript the script ordered for the the blood test to get that yeah. done so i get it done annually every six months to 12 months um okay. and at the minute it's fine i'm just sort of like i've got the antibodies there so there's antibodies basically saying that the thyroid is a foreign um foreign cell in the body it's dangerous and it tries to like eat it and attack it um and it's slowly breaking it down but at the minute it's fine um, manage it just with lifestyle mate you know sure i, I sit relatively lean year round i sort of i still enjoy the odd drink and, and all the other lifestyle based stuff mate but i am um, 
I guess I'm managing it well with food and lifestyle choices, but over the next five to 10 years, if that amount that the, the immune system is attacking the thyroid, um, then everything that the thyroid controls gets affected in terms of energy, in terms of uh, the ability to lose fat. If the thyroid slows down, then, you know, obviously it's harder to actually lose the fat and you have to potentially get medicated. But the the good news is it can be medicated. I could choose to go on medication now for it, even though, and just sort of preempt the process, but um, I'm trying to hold out as long as I can with that, you know? Yeah. And it could be where right now I might be in decent range, but if I took medication, I might feel 10 times better, but I don't know, and I don't want to start taking meds too early if I don't can maybe avoid it, you know? If you can if you can avoid it by lifestyle measures, absolutely. I'm always, I'm with you on that front, Orin. And did you find this out out of curiosity? How often do you check your bloods? In? You mentioned six six to once a year, twice a year. Yeah, I used to do it a lot a lot more frequently. I used to be coached by Callum Raystrick at Pro Coach. So I was oh, with yes. him for yeah. uh, pretty much when we moved out here. Uh, so 2018, I want to say, or 2019, probably closer to 2018. I signed up with him. I did two or three years with Cal, coached me to photo shoot shape, uh, incredible shape. And as part of that, mate, you know, you're just always being health conscious, working with a coach, and so he suggests some bloods at certain times of the year. Um, but with the thyroid now, I don't do the full blood panel as often as I probably should, but with the thyroid, I'm kind of on it. It comes into my head where I'm like, oh shit, it's January. I should probably do like my annual blood test again, you know, same way I I probably do the annual skin checkup living here in Australia every year, you know, but, um, I probably should just go and just order the full, full blood panel and get the full thing done at the same time just to check over you know i think it's very important mate, you know yeah you, you've planted a seed there i haven't got mine done in nine months now since since march time last year so it's actually it's a, it's a good reminder for myself and for anyone listening that's awesome Orin. and obviously you mentioned there with your photo shoot and staying very very lean year round for any of our listeners first of all or just to rewind it back a bit more who don't know anything about you or yourself would yep. you mind just maybe breaking breaking down who you are how you got into the field in, in maybe two or three minutes yeah, sure, mate. So I guess the quick version uh, wasn't massively sporty as a kid, still played sports with, you know, friends and everything, but um, wasn't really into team sports, only really got into sports, I guess, as as a, as a sense whenever I started to go to the gym around 16. Um, no idea what I wanted to do at uni, but went and studied sports science just because it was the only thing in the whole uni prospectus that stood out to me. I was like, that not really sports into sports, in but this sounds a bit, a bit more interesting, you know? <laughs> um, so did that for three years, uh, became a gym instructor, worked at a local council gym. When I was there, one of my mates said, um, listen, there's a part-time uh, fitness inst- or PT course in Belfast. Do you want to share the driving? It's on a Wednesday night and a Saturday. If you want to go up on a Wednesday night, we'll go out, we'll do our course. We'll go out on the town in Belfast after. We'll drive up on a Saturday, do the practical bit or whatever. Done in six months. I thought, no plans to really be a PT mate. I was working in a, a gym you know, getting a cushy sort of above minimum wage for doing absolutely fuck all work, to be completely honest. <laughs> so I was kind of like comfortable. And um, I actually probably used it more than the other guy. He went into physio in the end. Um, but I went into PT, opened my own studio in Newry, where I'm originally from, just outside Newry. Um, yeah. And then opened my own studio, sold up, moved to Glasgow, uh, met my wife over there, uh, moved nice. to Australia um, after we got married. Two kids down here. What's this is our seventh year, I think, coming up. Uh, we got years. our citizenship. Um, 
Yeah, man. <laughs> Two kids. Like that's that's me in a nutshell. I'm trying to get it as condensed as possible, but that's that's pretty much me in a nutshell, man. And what made you what made you close down the doors of the gym and move online? Was there like any moment there that you just decided this was um well I I I've done online since 2014. So basically, uh when I moved back from uni, um met a girl. Um as as these things happen, made breakups happen. I decided to get coached for physique. I hired my first physique-based coach. Um, got lean, and the process of that got into bodybuilding. Decided to do a few courses in the UK. Um, and at that stage, I was opening my gym. I was kind of the big fish. Like, it was a small studio. I mean, I'm not trying to act like I had this massive, massive yeah. facility or anything. But um, when I went to the UK, I went and seen London. I met a friend in London, and she was showing me around and, you know, the lights and everything around Christmas. So I was like you know, a little, little, little time, even though I'd been to Liverpool, it just wasn't the same. I was like, there's something mad about this city. It's just unreal. So, um, I was going to move to London, decided to sell up the business, managed to sell it, which I was surprised I could do. Like I had the knowledge to, of how to sell a business at that Amazing, age. Man. Um, sold that gave me enough money to move to Glasgow. And basically, yeah, my mate said, why are you moving to London? You, you know, nobody there. Like, why don't you just come to Glasgow? I'll get you a job in a gym. Um, and the rest is history, mate. So from then, I then I've still been doing PT, but I've also been doing the online uh, alongside awesome. that. And then two years ago, um, mainly went online, or I just had an office in the gym. And then last year, I gave it up, uh, gave up the office space. I'm just solely online with no gym presence at all. Deadly, deadly. And Oren, from from your content, you specialize obviously in in helping busy working professionals who. A lot of listeners of this of this podcast would fall into that bracket, but you also specialize not only busy working professionals, but also for executives too. So mm -hmm. uh, let's just kind of talk about, we'll say, fat loss for working professionals, for executives who yeah. have a you know quite a time packed schedule. Maybe they're working forty to sixty hour weeks plus, and they need to get some exercise in with a limited with a limited amount of time. First of all, Orin, why is fat loss actually challenging for busy workers and executives? What were what are some of the common challenges that you see the people who inquire do you run into? So time's a big issue, right? So the the average person that I work with is a busy professional. They're trying to climb the corporate ladder, or they're already at the top of the ladder, made their CEO, they're the founder, the managing director of a company. Um I normally mean it's the same sort of thing that happens when a mother has their first baby, right? Where suddenly they get pushed to the bottom of the totem pole, right? I used to notice it a lot working with females in the normal fat loss world, um, where like from the minute the kids are born, the 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 kids come first and the mums come last. And it's the same thing with the corporate world, except it's the business comes first and they come last. It's probably business highest on the totem pole family just below that and then they're last so like they've got to yeah. do everything that they need to do for business and um, they've got to then get home in time to have the family time and obviously that's time they're going to enjoy too it's not like they're 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 being a slave to their family but yeah. then that if they're if they're, they're working 60 hours a week and then getting home and doing the kids and then what time have they got left in the day you know so i think that's the biggest challenge probably is finding out what's going to fit fit in with them. What do they have available? Do they need to train at home? Do they need to train at the gym? Is there a gym at the office? Is there something that they can do with their schedule? And it, a lot of the time, it's just setting the non-negotiables. It's the same, I guess, as anyone, man. It's just what what works for that person. How can they set it as a non-negotiable so it's just easy for them to follow through on? 
Awesome. Yeah, absolutely. And that's such a, first of all, you brought up a really important point there. My first ever mentor, Jonathan Goodman, he always said in your life, it's very, very hard to prioritize or at least to optimize your health, your business, and also your family. Usually you can do two out of three, but three out of three is quite a challenge. So I think that is the perfect example there. And assume we all want to hold on to our relationships, particularly if you if you have a family, it's either the business or the or the fitness that has to take its back foot. Um, what are yeah. other so aside from let's say time management, which we can definitely go into like some time management tips there, or in, on from your podcast on the uh, effective or the effective eggs. Sorry, I'm getting my my words. The elite executive, there. the elite, the elite yeah. executive, and also from the O show, you speak about a lot about stress and the impact that actually stress has on fat loss. Would yeah. you mind just diving into that topic in a bit more detail? Yeah, so like one one key thing is, you know, heart rate variability, and it's getting a lot of traction lately. But the, the simplest way to think about it is it's not your rest and heart rate. You know, most people say, oh, yeah, I track that. It's sitting at, you know, 55 beats per minute. And I'm like, no, 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 that's, that's the wrong thing that your watch is tracking, or you need to find out where to find the heart rate variability. So that's basically a snapshot into when your heart beats, it doesn't go single beats like 60 beats a second isn't one beat every second it's going to be double beat and then a pause and then one beat and then a pause you know it's going to have all these different numbers it might be a 0.6 variation then a 1.2 second then a 0.4 and then a one second it's going to vary and don't ask me why a higher not higher variation is better i still need to do the research on that but the more variation we can see in that and the higher number on your HRV, generally the better our recovery is going to be, generally the better our health is going to be. And that's just a really good indicator of how you're managing your stress. Basically, you know, we get into this fight or flight mode, right? If right now yeah. somebody came up to the door or banged on the window, right? I'm going to jump. I'm going to, he, if he's got a knife, I'm either going to fight him off or I'm going to run, right? That's that's yeah. the fight or flight response. After that though, I need to be able to calm down. So I need to go from that sympathetic fight or flight mode where I'm either going to right, tackle the guys who doesn't cause harm to my family or I'm going to run the lock the door and try to keep us all Amazing. safe, right? There's going to be a fight or a flight. But after that, I need to be able to chill out. Like half an hour goes, the, the threat's gone. I need to be able to be back into that parasympathetic mode. So the HRV, if it's a very, and obviously there's going to be variations in this because everyone's number is specific to them. Some people may never reach a really high number, but the, the higher your number, the more you're going to be able to go from that sympathetic fight or flight mode into that parasympathetic rest or digest mode and people who have a chronically low number who or who can't increase that are normally like i, I hate to say this because obviously every number is is specific to the person but a lot of the times you'll find that they um they are just in this underlying sympathetic mode all the time they're always in a low level fight or flight mode where they're not really there's no peaks and they don't feel stressed but they're, they're not quite in that parasympathetic mode or they're not down as low as they should be to properly maximize their recovery. Interesting. Very interesting. How do you, how do you track and monitor that? Just the simple HRV score. So I've got my aura ring on me at the Apple watch. will do it. The whoop will do it. Uh, I think Fitbit even do it. And I mean, it would show yeah. you how far Fitbit came along, even if and en- en- quotes entry level watches are not adopting this technology. It shows you how big it's becoming, you know, wow. um, and it's probably one of those ones that we probably should all keep an eye on because it is linked with more longevity, lower stress, better recovery, um, and general, generally better health, you know. And what would it what would an example of we'll say a quote unquote a normal I know it's obviously individualized or but what would an example yeah. of we'll say like a normal score versus a suboptimal score be? Um so 
I don't know whether the number of 30 has just been bandied about with other people I've had on my podcast and maybe that's influencing me, but 30 milliseconds, um, 30... Yeah, 30 MS, which I think is milliseconds, yeah. uh, is a good score to aim for. Um, lower than that, like I've had people who are lower than that who they're it's hard for them to get it higher. Um, but obviously that's spe specific individuals. Sure. Some people are yeah. just chronically though, they can't get out of that. Um, some people, I mean, the average person is probably somewhere between 30 and 70, I want to say, like a normal person with decent health who's on my books. Um, the other people who are highly stressed or maybe have that lower lower level um anxiety or lower level stress um and or maybe in that fight or flight mode more than they need to be would be that 30 or under but to take show an example me like my numbers can range from i don't know 120 that i've had 197 which i haven't seen anyone else post a 197 before <laughs> um and that's just huge but just because i can get to 197 for whatever reason doesn't mean that like other people should aim for that some people hear my scores like clients and they're like shit you're at 130 why am i only at 30 like what what can i do better but that that's not the point it's not about comparing the scores it's about can we get that person's 30 to a 32 or a 34 and sure. over time can that be the new baseline and can we hit a 50 but maybe the average is pulled back down to a 30 38 but are we getting those higher numbers at different stages you know interesting very interesting or i'm actually reading a book which kind of touches on that that stress, that parasympathetic, the rest and digest. It's called, I don't know if you've read it, The Body Keeps the Score. I've heard of it. I don't think I've read it, but I've definitely heard of it. It's one of those ones that a lot of people say is very good. Absolutely, man. And just a lot of what you're saying there is actually covered in it. So would highly recommend about halfway through now. It's really interesting. Or yeah, and right. tell me this then. Obviously, with stress management, that is one thing you mentioned, heart rate variability. In what way then does sleep, or for a lot of people listening, potentially lack of sleep and not getting optimal amount of sleep, impact upon uh, stress and even fat loss? Mate, sleep, sleep is the one thing that if we all could do more of it, like it's the one thing that regardless of how good we are, I, mean, I could know the best training protocol, the most fancy nutrition protocols, get everything calorie matched, every single micronutrient matched. If I just get you to sleep more, you're going to have more effects downstream you're going to naturally have less stress you're going to have more energy you're going to be in a better mood you're going to have generally uh, lower body fat because that's whenever we get that big release of growth hormone so we grow more muscle and we lose less fat when we get that big release uh, and we'll just be generally better people i would say if we just get more sleep so i think that's the number one thing that most of us neglect and i said this on my podcast as well but matt fraser I think it's no, it's not 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 Matt Fraser. I think it's Matthew Matt Walker. Walker is um, it? Yeah, 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 yeah. He's so class. he's got a really good quote about if um if sleep wasn't something that we had to do all the time, like add something we have to do to to live, we would probably be buying it as an illegal supplement because it has so many performance enhancing benefits and mood enhancing benefits. We would probably crave it if it wasn't something that we we had to do every day. So because it's something we have to do every day, too many people are neglecting it without 100%. thinking about the performance benefits, you know? Oh, and as Walker said, by the way, anyone listen, I would highly recommend you listen to the podcast <laughs> he did with Joe Rogan. That was that was my first introduction to him, one of my mates, actually. Because at the time, I remember that, actually, or speaking of Matthew Walker, he's made one of my mates for coffee. And I was kind of wearing with a sense of pride that, oh, I only get six hours sleep. I go to bed at like half 12 yeah, yeah. and get up at half six and not a bother on me at all. But if you're living in that state, you're probably just used to living in a 
fatigue state that you don't even know what a normal quote unquote night's sleep feels like. But as you said, once you get a good night's sleep, it's like upgrading your car to a Ferrari. You don't want to go back to the old model again because you know what a better version of you feels like. But an interesting thing that Matthew Walker also spoke about, just to circle back to what you were saying, even if you are, as you said, in that calorie deficit and you're losing weight, 70% of the weight that you lose with the lack of sleep comes from lean muscle mass as opposed to actual fat. And obviously, the ultimate goal of being in the calorie deficit is we try to maintain as much muscle mass as possible while, while losing as much fat. Yeah, so yeah. if you're not optimizing your sleep, you can just become a smaller and skinnier fat version of yourself if you're losing too much muscle in the absence of fat. That's huge, man. And who, who wants that, right? Yeah, yeah. So so that's a game changer. What would you say then, Oren, are some stress and sleep management strategies? If we, if we dive into both of those, maybe that's the first start I would stress because that's obviously huge. What are some of your favorite ways for both yourself and for your, any of your clients to actually manage or reduce stress? Yeah, so I think with stress management, stress reduction, it, it, can, it can be hard, right? Like, you know, things things are going to happen like getting cut off in traffic or like the i've got two kids I me mean, kids can get get on your nerves at times or you could get an email that you say oh fuck like it's hard to it's hard to just remove that stress component but i guess um the key things that are normally tied to me is is breathing meditation and, and you know journaling you know so journaling as uh, as somebody put on my podcast me it's not the you know dear diary dear Oren. I had a great day today. I did this. Like we, that, that's not what journaling is. You know, journaling is about you know writing down what happened to you and how did it make you feel, and then trying to work out why it made you feel. So just that an extra level of consciousness about why things are happening around you, and maybe when you start to do that, you can realize, well, why did I get stressed? Right, because I had a big presentation, and yes, I'm behind on the deadline, or I've got a podcast. I, I was highly stressed because shit i don't know i don't know what adrian's gonna ask me today like i like he hasn't sent me an outline like oh, i'm stressed <laughs> he's gonna ask me something that i'm that's gonna trip me up you know it could be anything mate or it could just yeah. be like that snappy moment but like learning well why did i react like that did i react like that with the, the kids because i'm not sleeping well or because i've had some bad news earlier or you know is is it just that i was on my phone and wasn't paying attention to them and they were asking for more and more you know all these different things mate but journaling gives you that opportunity and i don't do a lot of it mate to be honest um but those who do say it gives you that opportunity to yeah. to break everything down and it's the same with breathing mate like um i don't know if you've seen the chris hemsworth documentary limitless on no i Dis haven't disney plus i think it's on disney plus mate it was for discovery channel i want to say it's for discovery channel or national geographic um but there he's basically mad in his fitness like he's door right <laughs> one of the best physiques around but um, they were talking about his stress and his stress came mainly from his parents being pretty much broke when he was younger and not being able to afford to send him to acting school and all this stuff. So plus he's got a family, plus he has to perform in all these movies. He's getting paid, what, like 10 to 20 million a movie, probably like he has to perform. He has to be on. Yeah. Plus he's got the pressure of being in incredible shape for these movies as well. Right. Yeah. So there's yeah. a lot of stress, a lot of stress. And his stress also came from, you know, even though he's built this empire, like, he, the fear of losing it all like his mom and dad did not having anything again so basically they put him through a ringer of, of tests and there's like five different things and peter atia comes in who's a longevity expert ross edgley from the uk is in the world's Unreal. fittest man yeah he's um, and they did some amazing stuff like they had him on there's a brand of hotels here in australia called crown they're a big global like uh australia-wide brand yeah and 
It's one of one of the tallest buildings in Sydney, man. I don't even want to guess how many floors it is. It looks probably about ninety floors up. And they had him this thing where they had him walk out on a a plank. Let's just call it a plank because people understand what I mean. It's just a beam of metal coming right out. He was obviously safety harnessed in for insurance reasons, but he they had him heart rate monitored up, and he had to learn the week prior was all about working with an expert on how to keep his heart rate down whenever shit goes crazy around him. And imagine being up there 90 floors up and there's wind and there's fucking birds and you're looking down and you're like, what the fuck's going on? And VC had to control his, uh, his, his stress using stuff like breathing and keeping himself calm and telling me he can do it. And there's loads of amazing stuff that he goes through in that. I'm not going to spoil it for your listeners, mate, but really good episode. And he does stuff with Navy, uh, the Australian equivalent of Navy SEALs, the special forces over here. Um, He does stuff where he has to go into a, a burning building um, with a train, like a training scenario that the paramedics go through. And the, the idea was he's got an oxygen tank on his back. So obviously he's in a scenario, there's flames everywhere, there's smoke, you can't really see. You know, you're going to panic and start breathing heavier. But with an oxygen tank, what's the one thing that you can't do? You can't breathe faster, right? Yeah. So they've got him in this scenario where he has to try to control his breathing through box breathing. And that's what they specifically taught him. Um, so, I mean, that's a really good idea of like putting somebody in that pressure cooker of stress and seeing how they adapt to it. I mean, we're not always going to perform at our best with it, but being aware of journaling, breathing, you know, mindfulness, meditation, all these different things like can can help with stress. Plus, you know, exercise, spending time with the family, getting out in nature, all those other good things that we probably take for granted, not drinking alcohol because that's going to cause you stress like the next day. All those different things, mate, can can lead to a lower stress environment. A hundred percent. I think you touched uh, a a ton of powerful points there. Like again, actually going back to that book, the body keeps the score. They mentioned about obviously breath work. And one thing that the author emphasizes really, really slowing down that exhale, like above all else, you know, trying to get your exhale longer if possible than the inhale. So, and and as you said there, box breathing, as Oren mentioned. So when you're actually working out, that's a form of stress. And you want to send the signal to your body that when you finish your workout, that it's it's safe again. It's okay. We can breathe and we can relax. Yeah. And one of the most simplest and most effective ways to actually go from a sympathetic stress state to a parasympathetic rest and digest is to do what Oren said, do box breathing. Essentially, you just lie on the floor, you elevate your feet onto a box and just take, maybe if it might just be three minutes of breath, uh, deep, deep breathing of, you know, five second inhale, five second exhale, repeat that such an effective and very very simple way to to reduce that stress you mentioned time and age that's probably one of my favorite ways man like just sometimes when i'm feeling stressed just go for a walk and god ideas yeah, yeah. start coming to you you realize some of the stuff you're worrying about isn't that actual stressful at all personally i'm not sure how you feel about this but i feel a lot of my stress it comes from just scheduling and planning and that once I actually have like a good plan in place for, okay, just get my calendar organized. I'm going to, I hear you speak yeah. with this in your podcast too. I take hold of this time. I've boundaries at this time. I don't take calls after this time. I'm going to leave the phone down here, get it, get to bed at this time. I find personally on a personal note that just having a routine and schedule really helps. Absolutely, man. And that's where most people talking about the working professionals, their, their day is a shit show, mate. They wake up and start reacting from the minute they wake up. There's yeah. no plan in the day before. Like there's no thought goes into their day. They don't have clothes laid out. They don't know when they're going to train. They show up at work. They drop the kids at school because they know, but they're rushing out the door with no real plan. You know, it's, there's no, 
I think a lot of people could do with taking more of like not a complete military standpoint, but like think of that routine and regiment of somebody if you watch gig and or one of these army sort of movies it's that sort of regiment that we if we have something like a plan of what, what do we do in the lead up to bed what do we do first thing 100%. in the morning like what do we do and work what when do we do certain tasks and what's a non-negotiable task even just having that sort of stuff nailed me and having a, a loose guideline can be massive you know absolutely absolutely or and this has been amazing so far i just want to touch on a few other points well obviously we spoke about fat loss for busy executives and workers in that sense that sleep and obviously stress management is important what are some then like just practical ways for first of all dietary interventions for someone who might have to you know travel quite frequently what are some ways that they can eat quote-unquote healthy while on the go um yeah i guess there's there's plenty of restaurants around right that do yeah. decent stuff like me even look at a subway you can get a bloody salad bowl in subway with double meat and and, and the full compendium of colors that you're going to want you can beetroot greens you know red <laughs> tomatoes you can get a full work from subway and they're on in every major city mate they're probably on every street corner like you know in these cities so like they're i always try to be you just have to do a bit of planning mate it's the same same idea like a lot of people just act like when they travel especially if it's for work that oh i'm traveling for work like i've, I've got things out of my control yes you might have things out of your control like people might want to take you out for lunch but when you go to lunch there's going to be the option of the burger or the fish or the steak and greens like there's always an option no matter what you do mate there's always the option not to drink or to say i'm only going to have one today because i've got something else on or you know just taking the water and just reality mate nobody gives a shit like after five minutes oh you're not drinking today nah i'm just i'm doing my own thing Who who's going to mention it again after five minutes really like we're not 16 year olds all egging each other on oh come on have a drink have a drink <laughs> you know it's not going to happen so you just need to plan ahead mate worst case scenario there's meal prep services in nearly every major city now as well all you need to do is google meal prep perth meal prep dubai meal prep friggin you know, the back end of Cork or wherever it is, mate, like you, you find somebody who's going to cook a meal to whatever macros that you need, or you can get them delivered. I don't know about in Dubai and even back home in Ireland and that, mate, but like over here, you get multiple companies who can do it. Yeah. Most servos have like a, a healthy meal that might not be as close to your macros as you want, way more fat than you want, but you could get like a, a microwavable chicken burrito sort of bowl, pinging in the microwave, it's got 40 grams of protein, 20 grams of fat, 20 grams of carbs, and you're sorted, mate, you know? So sorted, as, yeah. as long as you plan for it, mate, you know, you're pretty much covered. I actually did see something. Uh, have you seen uh, Stan Efferding from, what's the diet he does? Um, oh, the vertical, the, diet. Virtual, the vertical diet. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I don't know why I came up on my thing the other day. He, I think he was doing a shared post with one of these blood testing companies that I must follow. And he talked about, you know, his monster mash and i think that's what locked it in my head i was like what the frig is monster mash you know but he basically <laughs> says that he's got this meal called monster mash which is basically like rice um beef um chicken stock like a bone broth sort of idea and some veggies and he says when he's on the road he just gets one of those thermos sort of things yeah he obviously the stock and all's in it to keep it warm uh, puts the rice everything else all mixes it all up that keeps it warm for most of the day when he's traveling so if he's out and about and he's got meetings and he's probably he's, he's got multiple companies he's a busy man he's an executive himself he's the world's strongest bodybuilder or some madness yeah like that's his little thing it's just like a thermos and i thought i've never like i've got one of the 
the Yeti bottles here from my water. I got it for Christmas to keep my water cold. It's the same yeah. idea, like just yeah. a smaller version of that, but you've got some liquid in there to keep it warm most of the day. And you've oh, got rice, man. you've got you got beef, you've got veggies. And like I was like, that's actually a really good idea. Like if you taught somebody how to do that, me, like there's really there's no excuses, you know? Absolutely. I, I think a lot of the I think a lot of people are just looking for an easy way to opt out that oh you know i work sure. a lot on the go and as a result of this it's just hard to eat healthy like yes it's it's might be harder for you to prepare your meals but as you said there's all these options whether it's subway and just something else as well actually i was listening to this on one of the courses that i'm doing like eating heated food it is somewhat of a luxury and yeah, sometimes yeah. So, like you know it is love i love a freaking warm meal too but there have been times where because of one thing or another i didn't have access to a microwave you just have to have a cold comma and yeah, that's yeah. okay <laughs> yeah. like you know yeah. sometimes sometimes you have to do things that are not always going to be optimal if you are really serious about opening your game there and as you mentioned there, there's so many options whether it's meal prep you know you can just go to Aldi above all else a yeah. very simple way get a nutri-quick meal which hold it safe for a week and you've got a ready-made meal there so um or and I think yeah. I, I think there there's so many options as you mentioned what about two final topics so in terms then that's obviously about eating healthy on the go what about some practical ways to fit workouts in a busy schedule or what would be some advice you given that um i guess this is something we all struggle with me and, and and myself as well like you know i've got some kettlebells in the shed outside um that don't really get used to be honest i always say like if i can't get to the gym oh, i'll just use i'll just pick the kettlebells out but we can always do something, mate. You know, I, I'm I'm from a bodybuilding background. So even though I work with executives now and I'm time poor doing all the stuff I do running the business, um, I still think that I need to get to the gym for a, a workout, you know. Um, but worst case scenario, like I was saying to one of my clients today, he's, uh, he's based in Japan, but he's visiting his mother in the USA. And he said, mate, I just probably need to do some push-ups or something. So right after a call, I messaged him saying, you're going to do 100 push-ups and 100 sit-ups a day for the next week or two when you're in, in the US. Don't don't worry about running because you don't have running shoes with you. Don't worry about getting to the gym because he, his mother's ill, unfortunately, so he's like staying by her bedside. If I her bedside, he can still knock out 100 push-ups and 100 sit-ups, and that was sort of his idea. And I was just like, mate, this is your non-negotiable over the next two weeks. Let's let's make this happen. And like, it, you can always find something to do, mate. And I'm guilty of this too. Like, we're all human. Like, I still want to drink the beer and eat the shit food and, you know frequently do like i'm not i'm not like a robot right and it's the same thing with training like sometimes i'm just not going to train like like the average person but doesn't mean that i can't do something and i can't always try to optimize it and even if i don't can't get 30 minutes in the gym or i can't get you know a full 60 minutes in it can i get can i get 30 minutes in Absolutely. if i can't drive to the gym and i'm really tight on time can i pull the bands out can i pull the kettlebells out can I just do some push-ups as a minimum just so I can get a pump and feel good and, and actually move my body or just get up for a bit bit more walking between meals or get out and about, walk to the coffee shop instead of driving if I'm back-to-back -back doing work? You know, all these little things, mate, which add up. Something is better than nothing. I mean, it doesn't need to be perfect, right? It doesn't need Absolutely. to be perfect. Just, mate, now, if, if you're in a prep and, like, you're dieting for, like, when I've done a photo shoot – the gym's like you're non-negotiable. Like I, I'm getting to the gym regards. I'll put everything else off. Like the food seem non-negotiable. Like I'll not sneak those little chocolates. I'll not have the booze. It's a different mindset, but you know, it's finding what works for you. And you know, if it is important to you and you're in a big fat loss phase, 
you will find what works for you. You will You'll make it work on the road with your food, with your training. You will get something in every day. I mean, that's the beauty. Like you're a coach yourself. I'm a coach. Like when people have us in their corner, we're just a message away. Hey, I'm, I haven't been training this week. Like what, what can I do? I'm short on time. Like that guy today. Like it's just telling us what is going on so we can give suggestions and actually coach them rather than them trying to do the perfect thing and try to get to the gym every day then lose confidence when they're not doing that. And then that sets them back further into that, you know, fuck it mentality, you know? A hundred percent. Oh, hey, man, you're, you're preaching here. I absolutely love all of this. And <laughs> I, I, but it's, it's that mindset, that mentality that you have to ingrain in yourself that something really is better than nothing. Cause I can even mm-hmm. relate with myself and some of my clients, one guy, for instance, he's doing a thesis. He has, he works like, I don't know, 12 hour plus days. He's a family to take care of. He's studying up until like, midnight even burning beyond the midnight oil up again at five or six not very healthy at all like just when it comes to sleep and lifestyle but i just asked him as you mentioned stacking wins and building confidence there's a great there's a great story in james clear's book atomic habits which i'd highly recommend anyone to read where a guy lost over 100 pounds inside nine months and instead of doing one 30 minute workout a week he did six five-minute workouts. He didn't build a whole lot of muscle. He didn't burn a whole lot of fat in those five minutes. But one thing, which Oren, you freaking agree with, and as you're saying there, consistency trumps perfection. And what he did master was showing up for himself. And even just five minutes, like just that act of, okay, I'm just going to do five minutes. You're stacking wins. You're stacking confidence. And sometimes that five could turn into, as you said, a 10, it could be a 15, it could be a 20. But it all starts with just taking that first five-minute action. Sure, man. And it, 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 the main the main thing with that as well is it starts first thing in the morning whenever you set that alarm and getting up on that first alarm and you know Amen. building that confidence by doing that friggin' the hardest thing of the day, man. Like especially <laughs> man, after Christmas, right? We're, we've all been sleeping in for like a week, probably. We haven't as much work to do and different things. Like getting the uh, when the alarm goes at five a.m. that first time, it's friggin' hard to get back up after even an extra hour per day of sleep, you know. But getting up making sure your feet hit the floor at the right time it they let you fulfilling the hardest thing of the day and what you you promised yourself you would do when you set that alarm right and that that's the same thing if you stack those little wins daily if you can do that and get up on your alarm first time every day without snoozing it you you set yourself up to continue to win whereas if you keep hitting yeah. snooze you, you're stacking those losses straight from the from the get-go Oh, hey, pre- I love that again, man. I, we're very, very aligned here uh, on, on some of our <laughs> principles and philosophy. That as, as I think Mark Twain, one of his quotes is, eat the frog in the, in the, the no, eat the frog the first thing in the morning, the rest of the day gets easier. And if you have two frogs yeah. to eat, eat the, eat the biggest one, <laughs> eat the biggest one first. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, man. <laughs> um, Oren, just to wrap it up, so what we'll do is, uh, first of all, Oren, is there anything, so we're at the start of the new year, first episode I'm recording of 2024, is there anything you're particularly excited about this year for yourself in a personal or professional standpoint? Um, I guess it's more the same. You know, two years ago, we sort of, I, the, the business is still the same. We still work with people who come in from Instagram. We have coaches who specialize in just body transformations, people who do the executive coaching. Um, I've grown the executive side now where I've got, it started off two years ago and I had, you know, 30 to 50 clients who were just transformation-based people um and zero executive clients and then i've built that now to where it's the opposite where it's probably like 10 people who are just normal people who want to lose some weight and 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 tone up and a lot of it is the executives now and i'm working with some corporations so i'm getting a bit of traction i'm doing my podcast i'm getting some traction locally and internationally um and it's just more of the same it's just trying to do everything possible to 
continue growing and seeing where we end up in terms of impact, authority, goals. Like there's going to be financial goals that will come from doing a really good job at that. There's going to be like challenges in terms of leading the team and leading myself and, you know, still being around for the family and doing all that. And I think it's just more of the same, you know, just keep doing that and keep showing up and doing that. Mate. But other than that, it's just trying to lock in and just trying to be the best version of myself this year and train for myself, still be that family man, show up for clients, show up for, for staff, show up for everyone else. And um, yeah, just just tr try to be as consistent as I can, I guess, across all, all areas, you know? Amazing, man. I love that. I like growth mindset there. After growth mindset one on one. I love I love to hear it, Orin. That's a that's a great way to wrap things up, man. Uh, this has been awesome. Now we spoke about everything from uh stress management, getting our bloods on everyone, uh checking your HRV to managing your sleep, training, nutrition on a busy schedule. We we covered a lot, Orin. And the final question I ask all of my guests, seeing as this is the lifestyle lifter show, Orin, what's your definition of living a successful lifestyle? Oh, that's a really that's a really good question, mate. Um I guess finding out what's important to you, sticking to those goals. If you set a goal, like you know why it's important to you, you're gonna have a process behind how you're gonna achieve that thing. And just setting yourself up for success, like you know, setting the goals, sticking to it, and then just following through, mate, for yourself and not deviating and not giving up and not sort of not not settling just not settling for where you're at and just saying no i'm meant for more like that growth mindset you just mentioned like ticking all the boxes being that for me the dad being the business owner being the husband being the best version of me like that is that is living your best life really isn't it and always trying to like not settle be happy with what you've got but also not settling say that you want want more as well you know and not letting excuses creep in in, in that sense Deadly, that that compounding effect. Yeah, man. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. For Oren, for all of our listeners who want to learn a bit more about yourself, about your content, or just simply what you offer, where's the best place to send them and I like, can post this all on the show notes? Um, Instagram's fine, mate. I'm on there a little bit every day, not so much. I do it be honest, I do more scrolling than actually posting my own content at the minute. <laughs> I do a lot more on LinkedIn. But if you just type my name in, so Oren, O-D-H-R-A-N, McCarley, two C's, two R's, uh, and then see him on LinkedIn, mate. Um, actually, on LinkedIn, if you go to linkedin.com forward slash in forward slash executive health coach, I've changed the URL so people can find me pretty easy on there. Awesome. Awesome. I'll post a link to that. And I'll also, uh, I'll post a link to your podcast as well in the show notes or Brilliant. for anyone, Appreciate for that, all of our podcast listeners out there. Um, or man, this has been amazing. Great episode as always. And great touching base with you, bro. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Thank you. Okay. Have a great day. Thank you for tuning into the Elite Executive Podcast with me, Oren McCurry. If you want to continue the conversation about anything in this episode, or if you have any questions around your own health as a busy executive, then the best place to connect with me is on LinkedIn. Just go to linkedin.com forward slash executive health coach to find my profile. Once there, please send me a connection request and I'm more than happy to discuss your personal scenario. But for now, have a great day and I'll see you on the next one.